On today's Triangle Sports Take, we are back to recap the Carolina Duke Final Four once-in-a-lifetime matchup. Uh, Carolina got the win. We're also going to talk about the national championship game, Carolina and Kansas. Uh, the Jayhawks end up becoming the national champions. Uh, also going to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes a little bit too. We'll, we'll mention them as well as maybe a few other miscellaneous stuff, uh, but we're going to go ahead and get it started off uh, talking about Carolina and Duke, and to keep things civil uh, between me and Mitchell, we're actually going to have Cody kind of be in charge of this segment. He's going to be the uh, the uh, facilitator here, um, so Cody, you get to decide first which one of us is going to go. Me and Mitchell are just going to talk about it, so go ahead and tell us who you want to hear from first. Yep, well, as you all know, Carolina um, got the win there. Close, tightly contested match. So, uh, Mitchell, why don't you lead us off with your thoughts and uh, say what you uh, saw was good, what you thought was bad, other than Carolina winning, and uh, what you may have done differently if you had been Coach K, knowing that hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, it's uh, interesting because I think the, the thing that I said was going into the game was going to be the key to the game for Carolina ended up but the critical thing for Carolina turned out to be the critical thing for Duke but it was fouls down low um, and that kind of basically put, put Duke in a bad spot from the middle of the first half because Mark Williams got in foul trouble and I think Neil John had four fouls after about 15 minutes of the game um so that turned out to be kind of the Achilles heel for Duke. Um, it was it was a, it was a great game, uh, highly competitive, probably the best basketball game I saw over the course of the season. Um, but it, it kind of just one of those games where uh, you had, you know I mean, both teams are so there's neck and neck, and I mean Duke definitely played better in the paint, but they didn't they didn't hit the three, and, and Carolina was hitting the three, and feel like. That, the fact that Duke was in foul trouble is kind of what decided the game. Um, I think it's, that game gets played ten times. Both teams probably win five times, and um, Duke ended up losing the one that mattered. But I will also say that I, in, I stand by what I said in the last podcast, so feel free to go back and check if you want listen to it. But I know I said that this game was – I said that it was going to be – it was the most important rivalry game of all time. But I, did, I, said, I specifically said that it was not the most important college basketball game of all time. And the reason being is that the winner of the game would have to go on to win the championship for it to really have a, a greater impact of significance. So with that being said, um, I feel like if Carolina was to win the championship, there would be a lot more um, a lot more bargaining chips in their corner, so to speak, than if they didn't. So... Uh, that's that's that. I guess that's honestly all I really got about it. I mean, it was a great game. Um, you know, I hate to see the blue doubles lose, but um, and yeah, I do also do want to comment on the fact that um, it was Coach Jay's last game, and they lost to UNC both in Cameron in the regular season and to win the or to lose the uh, in the tournament, and that was Duke's last two losses, but. At the end of the day, Coach K, I think, went 50 and 50 against Carolina over his career. So, eh, he loses the last two, whatever. Kind of how I see it. 
All right. Carson, uh, obviously Carolina proved victorious in that game um, and then went on to lose the national title game against Kansas. So give us your thoughts, number one, going into the Duke game after y'all won, your thoughts on the game itself, and then also kind of your thoughts on the national championship. It's kind of a natural segue, so why don't you just go all the way through the 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 final four and championship as a Carolina fan. Okay, yeah, yeah. So starting with the Carolina Duke game, uh, Saturday night, I was a very, very happy person. I, that game was awesome. Um, it, as far as just good basketball games, that was one of the best uh, basketball games I think I've ever seen. As far as um, just how back and forth it was and how intense it was, and you could tell both teams were laying it all out there. I want to say there was something like maybe 18 lead changes or something crazy like that. I think it was like 17, 18, 19. It was somewhere in that range. I mean, it it was just crazy how back and forth it was, especially those last few minutes, too. In the first half, I, I really think it was uh, R.J. Davis keeping us in the game. It felt like there were a couple times Duke you know, might have been able to pull away, but he uh, kept hitting some big shots to keep us in there. Then the second half, uh, it was Caleb Love who took over. Uh, really, Duke couldn't stop him. He was able to do whatever he wanted to do. Um, one key sequence came early in the first half, I thought, when Duke went up by, I believe it was seven, and it felt like maybe they could like kind of pull away and get some distance between them and Carolina. And then all of a sudden, Carolina went on a run. I think it was... Uh, mainly Caleb Love, but I think Brady Manick might have hit a big three also. But they went on a 11 nothing run within like a minute, and all of a sudden they went from uh, Carolina down seven to Carolina up four, and that really seemed to, um, you know, change the game. And it was kind of like all right, game on after that. And then you know they were back and forth for a while. Like I said, uh, probably the moment I was the most scared Saturday night was with about four or five minutes to go when Baycott rolled his ankle and went down. At that point in the game, it was tied up and, you know, it felt like it was, it could go either way. When Baycott went down, I remember thinking to myself like, oh crap, we're screwed if he doesn't get back in the game because he wasn't scoring a whole lot that night, but he was uh, rebounding the ball a whole lot. So I knew if he couldn't come back in the game, there was no way we are going to win. Uh, Thankfully, he was only out like maybe a minute, minute and a half of game time, and he was able to come back in and um, play a little bit more before he actually fouled out. Um, So that that was big, him coming back. And then, um, you know, those last couple minutes, back and forth, back and forth, I want to say there were four or five lead changes within like a minute and a half. You know, it seemed like Duke hit a three, Carolina hit a three, Duke hit a three, Carolina hit a three. Um, and then, of course, you know, kind of a couple of the biggest plays will be remembered is Mark Williams missing those two free throws when Carolina was up one. I believe that's when they were up one. And then uh, Caleb Love coming down, Leaky Black setting that screen, Love hitting the three to put us from up one to up four. Listen, because of that second half Caleb Love had and also because of the half he had against UCLA, uh, you guys hold me accountable to this. I will never say a bad thing about Caleb Love again simply because of that performance he had and that shot he had. He had, um, I think it was something like 25, 28 points in the second half. Hit that big-time three over Mark Williams. Um, it was it was just an awesome, awesome performance. And 
I'm gonna go ahead and say that was a top five, um, top five shot in Carolina basketball history that he hit right there because that really sealed the game. And I'm also gonna go ahead and say I agree with Mitchell. And this game would have mattered more if Carolina had won the national title Monday night, but it still matters a whole lot. It's still the biggest Carolina Duke game in history. It's the only time they've met in the Final Four, and I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll meet again soon in the Final Four, but maybe not. I mean, we've never seen it happen until now. Um, as far as ranking this as a win that I've seen, so I've seen three national championships. So obviously that's one, two, and three are those three championships. But I think this is number four right there behind it. I mean, this was a big-time win. Obviously it would have been bigger if we could have finished it off and won the whole thing. Um, but it was huge. It was awesome. I was running around my house, you know, yelling there for a minute or so. And, and I do want to – say a couple things in response to some stuff I've seen on Twitter. Um, well, one thing is, is I saw a, um, I think I saw a Duke fan saying, Oh, well, I guess Carolina's win over us doesn't really matter since they lost in the championship. And my, my response to that is, you know, that's wrong. It would have mattered more if we had finished off in the championship. I agree, but it doesn't take away from anything that happened. Still big time win. And then another thing I saw was I saw another Duke fan saying something like, oh, well, they're just celebrating so much because here at Duke, we care more about championships while Carolina cares more about beating us. I also want to say that's not true. Uh, Carolina, for one thing, has more national championships in Duke and a more recent national championship. If it wasn't, if that wasn't the case, I could understand why you would say that. But I think you have to look at the numbers there and realize that can't be true either. Um, either way, I thought it was a great game. I mean, it, it would have been great no matter what, but the fact that it, um, you know, ended coach K's career too also adds to just kind of the craziness of that game. I mean, it was, uh, it was something that I think everyone's going to remember for a long time, you know, just the hype leading into it. And then honestly, I think it, um, exceeded the hype as well. Um, so that, that's kind of, you know, some of the thoughts I have on that game, uh, Cody, did you want me to just go right into the national championship next, or was there anything else? Mitchell, did you have anything else that you wanted to add after hearing the UNC side of it? Uh, not a whole lot else I wanted to add, but uh, I think we can all agree that games like that is what proves that college basketball is better than the NBA, or at least more entertaining, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, you just don't have the kind of, you just don't have the kind of passion for NBA games, the players, because they're, they're playing for a paycheck, whereas the guys in college are just are playing because they want to win. That's what they're cool. um, we're getting a lot of background on somebody. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I agree with that, Mitchell. Uh, sorry, did you have something else? I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, yeah, yeah, that. And um, actually, well, I guess we can talk about um, the year to follow after we discuss the national championship, but I would like to say that um, I actually do think Hubert Davis is a great guy and a great coach. I like him a whole lot more than Roy, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do at Carolina. Um, actually, yeah, what I was going to say was I think it felt really good to have a game like this and a Final Four like this after um, – you know, last year there being no fans and the year before there being no tournament. I really felt like this kind of 
it kind of felt like college, you know, big time college basketball was back, you know, after this Final Four, so that felt good. Um, now about the uh, about the national championship, moving on to that, <clears throat> Carolina and Kansas. Obviously, Carolina came up short, um, kind of disappointing. You know, it's always going to be it's good, always going to be tough when you make it to the championship and get that close, but can't quite finish the deal. But um, you know, honestly, I didn't walk away from it like devastated and heartbroken like I did the last time they lost the championship in 2016. Uh, I was lucky enough to be in the Dean Dome uh, this past Monday night for the championships. That was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously it didn't go the way I wanted it to. Uh, I would say the most frustrating part is just the fact that we had a 15-point lead and, and blew it. You know, going into the game, I didn't really expect to to win it. I didn't really expect to have a lead that big. Uh, you know, Kansas is just a really good team. You got to Sometimes you just got to tip your cap and say, hey, the better team won. We just didn't get it done. Uh, that's kind of what it felt like a little bit. Um, but, you know, super, super proud of this team, especially when you consider what they went through during the championship with Baycott not playing on 100% healthy ankle, and he turned it again. Caleb Love turned his ankle. Brady Manning got, you know, elbowed in the head a couple times. Uh, Puff Johnson got hit in the stomach and threw up on the floor. Uh, they just they went through a lot. It was a rough game. Um, all that being said, you know they had a shot there to tie it at the end. They just couldn't make a you know last second three. And and I'm I do want to also bring up the fact of uh, I think everyone's seen the video by now of the floor that one floorboard that was like loose or something where Baycott stepped and rolled his ankle. I just think it's kind of ridiculous how the I think it was the company that put the flooring in was like. Oh yeah, that don't worry, the floor is fine. They didn't do anything there, you know. Like we all saw the video, we all saw the floor, that piece of the floor move like that, and we know that's not supposed to happen. And you know, it kind of felt like a whole, uh, you know, oh, we investigated ourselves and we found ourselves not guilty. Like, well, yeah, no, duh, you're gonna find yourself not guilty. You're not gonna admit that something was wrong with it. Um, that being said, I'm not saying that's why Carolina lost the game. You know, unfortunately, I think it did have a little bit of an impact on it, but. They lost the game because, you know, they couldn't play as good defense in the second half. They couldn't hit big shots in the second half. Um, but, you know, if you told me a month and a half ago this team would be in the national championship, I would have thought you were high out of your mind. So the fact that they made it there is something to be proud of. Wish they could have finished it off. But um, nonetheless, just a really fun last month of the season being a Tar Heel fan, watching some big time wins and watching them make it this far. Uh, but yeah, that, that's really all I have on the championship. Yeah, it was just kind of kind of crazy because I watched the um, the Kansas-Miami game, I believe it was. Kansas was down by a whole lot and I knew that I knew that Kansas probably had a good chance to come back. Um, I wasn't expecting the game to be as as close as it was, obviously Carolina being a better team fan, but it was a, it was definitely one that you know kept you on the edge the whole time. And um, kind of what you said, Carson, we can they kind of big time college basketball was back. And I also want to want to give a shout out to all the ACC haters because uh, yeah. ACC incredible tournament run, and I, I think that you should, the ACC should never. Under basketball, <laughs> yeah, yeah, three teams in the Elite Eight, two in the Final Four, one in the title game. I mean, I think the uh, ACC kind of proved some of the haters wrong after this tournament run. 
Okay, so we're going to quickly do uh, questions with Carson. I don't know if we've done this the last couple episodes or so, um, but I just wanted to throw a quick question out there. You know, everyone loves a good day off of work. If you could choose between, you know, let's say a week coming up and you can take off either a Monday or a Friday, you know, which day would you rather do um, or which day would you rather take off? Uh, so just wanted to ask you guys, see if you had any opinion on that. I know some people may not matter a day off's a day off. I didn't know if you guys preferred to have a Monday off or a Friday off. Yeah, I don't really care Monday or Friday. I guess Friday because it's more likely I can get somebody to take Friday off as well. Have somebody to hang out with. That's pretty much my only take with it. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm, I kind of feel like... Um... I think I would rather have a Monday off. The reason why is because, like, I know because that's a great example because this week is a four-day week. You know, we got Friday off for Easter. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole, whole week's like, oh, yeah, only four-day Friday off. But I, I, I like, I'd rather have Monday off because you you go, you hit a long weekend, and then even though the weekend's over, your reward for the rest of the day is only four days for the weekend. Yeah. So I guess I'm would rather have the, the short week on the back half after eat long weekends. I look at it. What about you, Carson? Yeah, those are both good points. And yeah, I mean, hey, any any day off work is good. I uh, I wouldn't mind either a Monday or a Friday, but if I had to choose, I think I'd probably agree with you, Mitchell, and choose a Monday. Um, you know, it, it's just kind of something where, I uh, you know, I agree that. Monday is kind of the worst day of the week. So if you can like eliminate that by not having to go to work, I feel like that makes your, your week a little bit better. And also, yeah, like then once you're starting the week, you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's only Tuesday. This week won't be as long. Um, you know, having a Friday off is great, but also sometimes in the office on Fridays feel like, you know, it's, I'm like, oh, weekend's almost here. Like I can make it through. I feel like, you know, a Monday is harder to make it through than a Friday. So that's why I'd probably rather have a Monday off. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit of hockey real quick. It is that time of year where the playoffs are going to be starting soon, and our very own Carolina Hurricanes have already clinched the playoff spot, and Cody wanted to just share a few things about them. Yeah, just wanted to hit on the Canes real quick. They're playing well. Um, They've won two in a row, I believe, against the Anaheim Ducks and then the Newark Rangers. The Rangers was a really big win. They're uh, neck and neck with us for playoff seeding. They're actually the team behind us. So it was awesome to get a win in New York. Um, we also have a lot of former Rangers on our team, which is interesting. We've got Tony D'Angelo, Jesper Fosk, and I believe either Brady Shea or Brett Pesci is also a former Ranger. Maybe Shea. So it's kind of interesting, always nice to go into your, you know, whoever's competing with you for playoff seating and beat them in their own house. Um, Kane's looking good. We've clinched a playoff spot. Right now it's looking like we're going to be second in the division or second in the conference, first in the division, as long as everything holds. If that does, we'll probably play the Boston Bruins in our first playoff matchup, which we've honestly destroyed them through the regular season, but that kind of makes me more nervous than if we had lost to them every single game during the regular season. So, but it should be a good matchup for us. We should be able to handle that and move on. 
but definitely uh, getting into crunch time, getting ready for the playoffs, and hopefully we can pick up some good steam, good momentum heading into the playoffs. All right, so we appreciate that update from Cody. He did actually have to just hop off real quick. Um, so me and Mitchell are going to go ahead and start wrapping this show up. Um, Mitchell did want to talk a little bit about just kind of what things might look like for uh, college basketball next season. Is that right? Yeah, just kind of maybe give it a quick take on our teams and um, kind of see where the season was headed. Um, but as far as Duke goes, um, Shires, John Shire is killing it in the recruiting game. Um, he's got, I think, four or five five-star recruits coming in for next year. Um, but I guess thinking about that on a, a bigger picture, it's kind of one of those things where it's good to have five-star recruits and whatnot, but you need to have some experience on the team. And I'm concerned about this new team for next year if they don't have any veteran leadership. Um, I guess two. there's three guys that have been talked about. Are they going to stay? Are they going to go? I feel like one or two of them will probably stay. The other – other, I feel like one or two out of the three will stay. Obviously, Paolo's gone. Uh, Mark Williams is gone. I mean, he's too tall to be in college anymore. He's, <laughs> uh, but Keels, Roach, and Wendell Moore. Roach is probably most likely to stay. I feel like he probably will. Um, Keels and Moore are kind of, kind of on the fence, I feel like, because um, Moore, you know, could could be a senior season. Um, would be sweet to have him again. Keels feel like he could benefit from a year two, but I mean, mock drafts are showing him late first round. So um, I mean, he could go and make some money, but he might sit on the bench for a couple years. So I guess would he rather do that or would he rather stay at Duke? Um, if all three of those guys go, I don't think Duke's season is going to be too smooth next year, just because you need some experience and they won't have. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens and we'll see what Shire can do. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It'll be interesting to see. It's always interesting to see how the lineups kind of shake out over the offseason, especially with how crazy the transfer portal is these days. Um, yeah. But it, as far as um, as far as it goes with Carolina and what they look like, we're actually recording this on, uh, I think today's April 13th. And earlier today, Armando Baycott actually announced that he is coming back next year which I honestly am surprised by. I was kind of thinking he might go pro after, you know, such a good year that he had. I mean, he, uh, you know, broke a few records and tied a few records. Um, but he actually decided he's going to come back next year, which is huge for Carolina. I think he's going to be the um, front runner for ACC player of the year next season. Um, and that being said, you know, out of the the Iron Five, the starting five guys for Carolina this past year, the only one as of right now that we know for sure they're losing is Brady Manick because he's out of eligibility. He was a fifth-year senior. Um, the other guys, though, they could come back. I feel like R.J. Davis probably will. Uh, Leaky Black could come back for a fifth year. I have no idea if he will or not. Caleb Love, I feel like Love is probably going to go pro, but maybe since Baycott comes back, that changes his mind. Uh, if we can have four starters back next year, I mean, that would be huge. Carolina would be, uh, you know, probably top five, at least top 10 team. Um, and then I know they're after a couple big recruits. If they can land one of them, that would uh, be pretty big. And, you know, of course, going to have, should have Puff Johnson back next year too with, um, 
Dontrez Styles probably as well. So I think there's a, a pretty good chance Carolina has some key returning guys. You know, if, um, if they can get most of those guys back, I think they're going to be a good team. They can, you know, maybe go back to the Final Four and, I don't know, who knows, maybe win the whole thing. It's it's hard to do. It's kind of hard to predict this far out. But I think they can be a good team. Um, any uh, Anything else you want to add about next season, Mitchell? Yeah, I think uh, I think Caleb Love's probably the most likely to go. He's definitely, in my opinion, out of all five of those guys, the most NBA ready. Um, his shooting will translate to the NBA right away. Um, but like you said, with Baycott coming back, there's probably a chance that he stayed. Um, but when I when I when I heard that that Baycott was coming back, I I, was, I guess I was first surprised because in I mean, I do think he was probably the best offensive player in the, in the ACC this year. Probably should have gotten ACC Player of the Year. Um, Coach Caven said after the game that he thought he should have gotten it. Um, he told they got in the in the tunnel on the way to the locker rooms after the game. He told him that. Uh, but um, I, then I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know, Daycott is a true true college post player, and kind of kind of actually reminds me of Tyler Hansborough. I mean. Tyler Hansborough obviously better right now than or better in his prime than Baycock was last year, but it just I guess it goes to show that when you when you play a true college when you play a true college post game, you really develop some kind of an outside shot even the NBA. And what my guess is that is I guess whoever Baycock was talking to, I, I guess he doesn't have it, but he was probably talking to you know some. Some of the administration in Carolina basketball. Hey man, you, know, you stay stay another year, work on that jump shot, then you'll be NBA ready. And I I think that it's probably best for him to stay because he doesn't have that jump shot. And obviously a dominant player right now in college basketball, but it doesn't necessarily translate to the NBA. Like you look at guys like Joel Embiid. I mean Anthony Davis. I mean those guys are you know they're they're hitting you know way outside the three point range. And I feel like. You just gotta have some kind of shot to to really elevate that position to the next level. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. I mean he's a you know, as long as he's in college he can dominate BF I don't know that he can only do what he does and, you know, be a good NBA player, so that probably does have a lot to do with it. Um so yeah, who knows, maybe he can develop that a little bit. Uh it'll be interesting to see next season. It's definitely gonna be uh a lot of fun having him back. But yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and start kind of wrapping this one up. Um, do want to say big congratulations to me and Mitchell because we did not lose the bracket challenge. Uh, Cody, who dipped out just a few minutes ago, like I said, finally lost the challenge. First time we finally got him. He came in last place in the bracket challenge, so he will have to eat the uh, forbidden cold sweat ice cream at sunny skies. Uh, we don't know when yet that'll be at some point within the next you know few months we'll do that. Uh, so be, uh, be following us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, um, Triangle Sports Take. Our username is at Take Triangle. We will have updates on there uh, once we figure out when that will be. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I got. You got anything else, Mitchell? I think that's it. Lucky for Cody, he doesn't have to run two miles and eat the ice cream. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> donut yeah. challenge. The the funny thing is, is Cody was actually the one that wanted to do the donut challenge again, and me and you <laughs> voted no. So I bet he's actually happy now that he got outvoted on that. Yeah. Yeah. But all right, yeah. we'll uh, we'll talk to everybody next time. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>